Thank you, Microsoft Surface, for being a sponsor of the show. Need a device that helps you get stuff done, but it's also perfect when you want to catch up on some fun, like streaming live sports or checking on your fantasy team? Check out the latest member of the Microsoft Surface family, the new Surface Pro 6. Just take the keyboard off and use it like a tablet, or snap it back on and use it like a laptop. With up to 13 and a half hours of battery life and the new 8th gen Intel Core processor, it's everything you love about the Surface Pro, now even more powerful. Basketball is very good. Jimmy Butler is actually a good teammate. Savanis is the most important front court pacer. Aaron Fox is better than Donovan Mitchell. Basketball is very good. Hello, everyone. This is the Ringer NBA show. This is the group chat. Group chat. It's a good impression of Chris. Did I Justin. do that right? Is yeah, that good? Yeah. Nailed yeah. it. Works. I think Nailed you it. had to go a little more. Hello! Hello! Hello. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, there fun. you go. Uh, with me today, Paolo Getty. What's up? And our own personal time lord, Haley O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> I'm going to do justice myself. <laughs> it's going to get ugly. Haley was attempting to, uh, what do you do with sage? You you bless the room? You take sage and you light it and you put it around the room. We're not having a podcast with Chris today, so we thought, new beginnings. Let's yeah. sage the room. Good vibes. I put up an evil eye. I was going to read their horoscope, so nobody else I, is into it but me. You do that for me every day, by the way, so it's, well, it's already a thing. All right, I don't know what any of this means. But yes, Chris <laughs> Ryan is not with us. Uh, he called me out because I'm not planning to re-sign with the ringer this summer. Called uh, call me the B-word. <laughs> there you go. And uh, he had to take some time off. But we are here today to talk about some hoops. We love hoops at theringer.com. We're going to get into some teams that are trending upward, some teams that are trending downward for a little up and down later in the show. Mm. But first... Let's then do some self-analysis on if we're trending upward or <laughs> oh downward. <my laughs> that actually might be more interesting. Yeah. Our yeah. reviews yeah. on this podcast. What would you say Paolo is? Oh, oh you man. already know where I am. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, lob, don't give me terrible. a lob like that. Paolo's the sons of emotional journeys. Um, <laughs> so last night, I guess the big game was the Raptors win over the Warriors in that late one. Uh, Didn't feel big. Yeah, Raptors 113-93 without Kawhi for the second straight game, and they blew off a team off the floor, one of the top teams in the Western Conference. And no Jonas in the second half. No Jonas. And on a back-to-back. And on a back-to-back. Um, Jonas hurt his hand because I believe Draymond Green like hit him or something. Did you see him? He was like yelling Yeah, he, and he how did much not, pain he was. He did not seem happy about what had just happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a two. There's a lot of takeaways from this one. I think just from a purely basketball standpoint, simply because we know that the Raptors are really good. I guess if anything, the Warriors at full strength weren't able to keep up with a team without Kawhi and, and kind of crystallize that maybe the Raptors are the best team in the NBA right now. Even do we than think Warriors. that this says more about the Raptors or more about the Warriors? I think it says more about the Raptors. I mean, I think I think the Warriors like. It's weird how they choose to have good games and not not so good games. You know, I don't there's not a rhyme or reason to them. Whereas with the Raptors, I think they're very concentrated on displaying this like machine that they have where it's just a bunch of guys. And they're like a deep team that with no Kawhi or no Kawhi, they're gonna just be running all over the floor and like super efficient well, I and think, just have a really strong team. Are you saying with the Warriors there's less at stake in the regular season? Yeah, totally. And like that's what I was going to say too. Like it may come back to like look like nothing. I mean, it's a regular season game and and it's one of those things where like, you know, we we focus so much on what the Rockets for example did last season in the regular season and is this going to be like the Raptors story too where they're going to have an amazing regular season but then won't come to playoff, you know, 
what are we? They're not going to be able lose to lose the franchise if that's seriously the case. <laughs> no, that would be I mean, so honestly, sad. I, I was going to say though, like it feels like we're maybe downplaying this a little too much. It is a pretty big one for a team without Kawhi to beat the full stretch. on the second night of back to back. Yeah, and. No Valanciunas. Right. Yeah, I just think it comes down to expectations, which is yeah. what I think you're getting at. It's just uh, the Warriors, if they drop whatever, however many games they lost with with Steph and, and Draymond out, it doesn't really matter because we just assume no. that they're going to be there in the finals at the still, end of like, the year. At the top of the West. Yeah, we still have a lot to learn about this Raptors team. I still think there's uh, some flexibility in terms of like who they are and like who are their guys and like what they could do. Like, do they match up? Against teams, do they shuffle through the center lineup? Seems like they're settling on Serge Ibaka as the the pretty much set center over Jonas. But I mean, Kyle Lowry, a guy who pretty much was shooting poorer than most players in the NBA this year, uh, he was Marcus smarting it. Yeah, yes, yeah. hardcore. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I I forget what I put it. He I, steps up and he looks like the yeah. best player on the floor. I'm so confused by him all the time. Like, I don't know what to make of him. Like, I don't know if I like enjoy watching him play. He looks like Kyle Lowry in I the don't. playoffs, but in the early regular season from last year, not two yeah. years ago, where he just completely just right, right, right. disappeared. But uh, I don't know. Like, I, obviously, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying that before when he wasn't shooting right, he's looked like every uh, playoff series yeah, I've ever yes, seen. Him yes, in. yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's. It's interesting to think about his role is is he like the second fiddle to, to Kawhi or, or somebody like Pascal Siakam I mean he should be right because he's the more experienced player there but I'm wondering like when it you know when it, when we watch when the Warriors played in Toronto that was I think more of a game that was like emblematic of how it may go in the end because every you know they were just like exchanging blows so I'm just wondering if Lowry is going to be able to step up in that kind of scenario. Yeah, and in a lot of ways he's kind of the perfect complement to Kawhi. Right. It's funny that like he and DeMar DeRozan had such this tight bond and whatever, but I think f- from a basketball standpoint, I can't think of totally. another better player to go with him because it seems like either of them can score 30 on a given night when needed or they could just take a step back and like maybe take five shots, which is what I believe uh, Kyle Lowry had the other night. It's just, there's a lot of flexibility with this lineup yeah. and I mean, we've talked about this before and uh, we've written this on the site. There's just they could really do anything. They're so amorphous and they have such great depth that they can really just like kind of form into whatever you need on a given night. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting also that I looked this up. Uh, uh, Kyle Lowry has a better net rating than Kawhi Leonard. So maybe he should be the MVP. Wow. They have done really well without Kawhi. Like, that's the other thing, yeah, too. They, like, yeah, they won all the one yeah. game. And I think that goes a lot to their continuity because it's just it's more or less the same team that, that they had last year. So it just has transferred over to this year, and they just, like, look amazing. <laughs> They're 7-1 and one without Kawhi, and the one loss was obviously that Bucks game. Right. Well, speaking of Kawhi, I did want to get into this Brian Windhorst story on ESPN.com the other day. Uh, it was pretty much just pointing out that the LA Clippers, a team who can open up two max contracts this offseason, uh, has pretty much been all up in the Kawhi, KD kind <laughs> of uh, just their their ecosphere. They're just yeah. they're going to what was it seventy five percent of the games? I think well, is roughly seventy. I wonder how do you get seventy five percent? Did somebody like tabulate that? Like did he, did they have <laughs> do they have their own like Zach Cram at ESPN just kind of like. Keeping an eye on them. <laughs> they need to keep track of their expenses, you know, their uh, expense reports, so it gets tabulated that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but it, I mean, I think it was interesting only in so much as that the Clippers are seeing themselves almost as big free agent players. Right. 
And this while is, we might not look at them as such, given their history and given where they are currently as a team that is having success, but not necessarily on the level of what we expect from the Warriors and whatnot, uh, I, I just think it's interesting that maybe they might be able to to kind of break through there. Maybe they know something that we don't know. Maybe they have some confidence after the Jimmy Butler situation. But for me right now, there's still like the fourth or fifth team I'd consider in a free agency situation this summer, especially for those two players specifically because Kawhi's been linked to LA, KD's been linked to the Knicks. So for this report saying that the Clippers are watching them and are highly interested, (laughs) that's like saying I'm after Chris Hunnam and Idris Elba (laughs) and I like roughly 75% of their Instagram captions. Like it's You're in LA, so they're around technically. (laughs) (laughs) If you're around. (laughs) I'm kind of like all for it. Like what do they have to lose? Like, yeah, at the end of the day, they're the Clippers, or they have that baggage, right, of the being the Clippers of the past. Like, there's no harm in trying to do this. I think I think that maybe we are going to look back and be like, wait, did we really think the Clippers had a chance to get Kawhi <laughs> Leonard and, and Kevin Durant? But I, but it, the reports keep getting like stronger too. Like, it seems like you know, not everybody wants to maybe if they come to LA join the Lakers. So. Why not join an organization that has Jerry West, for example, leading it? It's, the it's, Lakers or LeBron? Mm. Well, I mean, da, da, da. Yes, <laughs> that, that's more Lakers or LeBron. That, to, to me, they're like equal. Um, so I don't know. I think, I mean, it would be fun. Like they ha- clearly have like a strong core of a team right now that, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're going to swap out like Tobias Harris for one of those two guys, like you immediately become like a top half of the West. Or if you're getting one of them and you keep Tobias Harris, that's still a super sure, strong yeah, exactly. team. That's, I'm not mad at the Clippers. I'm just not sure like how big of a deal right, and we it know. is that they're going after them. Yeah, so is I, everyone else. I, I look at it and I almost think of LeBron simply because when he went to Miami, what was it, eight years ago now, it was kind of a blank slate for him. And it seems like based on those comments that Katie made to the ble- in Bleacher Report and kind of what we know about Kawhi in terms of like what he wants and what he's rumored to want. It Do just, you... Do you know anything about Kawhi and what he wants? I'm, <laughs> no. I'm not like asking no, no, no. to accuse you. I'm genuinely asking, like, has he ever said anything? Uh, he definitely doesn't like holidays. Other because, than that, he yeah. doesn't want to talk about <laughs> yeah. Christmas. Uh, no, but it does. I mean, I thought it was interesting. The like the person that I think has, that has been closest to Kawhi or has provided the most insight is Chris Carter. Like last year, the the <laughs> right. Hall of Fame wide receiver, where he was pretty much like, I know Kawhi. Like I, I think they grew up like in the same area or like something like something that. like that. And he was basically like, he doesn't want to go and be like another guy. He wants to kind of start his own thing. And I do think the, the Clippers present that more than anything, right? They, yeah. they You could pretty much go and be anything there. You could take that franchise. It's almost like the Knicks, Knicks thing without the baggage of history or even like the James Dolan situation. And I think back to like when Ballmer bought the team. Like, everyone kind of suspected, well, maybe he'll move them to Seattle because that's where he's from, and he spends a lot of time there still. But I look at it, and I'm like, the the biggest lure of that team is, like, is the market. They're in Los Angeles. And yeah. even though the Clippers historically have been kind of like the sad sack franchise, I don't know if guys like Kawhi Leonard really think of them in that no. way. Because in the past, I mean, we're getting close to, like, a decade where they've been on the same level as some of these, like, major franchises. The Knicks. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Lakers. Um, and the other thing is that speaking of Balmer, I mean, I'm not sure how much a player specifically, I'm not sure where he ranks ownership, but like, think about all the Sarver stuff going on in Phoenix and the Bulls. I mean, owners really matter. And like Steve Balmer's given no indication that he's like going to do anything that will jeopardize it. And he's unique in the fact that like, 
this is like his pet project. And like, yeah. there's nothing standing in his way. Like he will literally do anything through whatever money he needs to, 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 to succeed in this area. And it's not like out of like, Oh, I need to make the money back or anything. Like he's just, he's doing it for the fun of it. And like that almost is more like, that's more powerful. <laughs> if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. like, you know, that's why I think it's like, it's, it's a very interesting, they're going to be a very interesting case study. And they're clearly prepping for this in a very like obvious way. And like, it doesn't seem like they matter that it's this obvious because yeah. they're going to 75% of the games. I mean, if these are the type of guys who want to be wooed and I, I think like I, back to like college recruitment, like all these guys yeah. say that, you know, this is kind of similar to that process and guys like LeBron weren't really wooed in college. I think this is the type of thing they're seeing now. Uh, and while it is incredibly creepy that <laughs> they're just sending like executives to games that might like talk to them or not, I don't know how that goes. Right, are like, you allowed to no, talk no, to no, them they're not, so, so they're not allowed to talk to them. I think this may have been mentioned in the story, but I think they're just, I mean, they're not allowed to talk to them right air quotes i don't know if they that's the thing that still that happens or whatever but i know but it, it's just about i think the facetime just right? being there which yeah, is yeah, creepy the facetime from fuck. far away <laughs> but i'm wondering maybe that's where like you look up at a free throw and someone's just <laughs> yeah. watching you and winking it's just jerry west staring back i'm wondering at you. if the if this has been common for a while now and we're just now kind of like seeing it more in the open and if that's going to be a thing that we hear more of now yeah going into the future like are people going to start showing up to you know, Pelicans games. I don't know. <laughs> Ringer, let's find out. Why don't you send me to roughly 75% of Miami Heat games and I'll let you know what it's like living down there for you a third really of a season. You right now? I just want to be in Miami <laughs> right now. Yeah, I mean, we. I was at a game, I think it was the Warriors game, and like the Clippers did pack that front row. It was like Balmer, it was yeah. Jerry West, yeah. it was Lawrence Frank. Uh, I think Rich Paul was there and they made sure that Rich Paul was like sitting with sure. them. So, I mean, shouts to Steve Balmer for doing what he can, but like maybe be a little bit less of a creep. Um, <laughs> moving on, the other big game last night uh, was one Anthony Davis. Speaking yeah. of potential big movers right. in free agency, that's a transition. Let's go. Let's go. Um <laughs> Anthony Davis goes off for 44 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. They still almost lost it in the last second, but Russell Westbrook surprisingly decided not to go at Anthony Davis with five fouls uh, underneath the basket and decided to dish it off to our guy, Alex Sabrinas. Your guy. Uh, (laughs) My guy. I would contend that the pass was off the mark, and perhaps if it was a little bit more pinpoint, (laughs) he would have been set up in a position to make that shot, but he missed. And they lost, and the Pelicans got probably one of their biggest wins of the season. Uh, they always manage to play well on national TV. I guess the only downside of that is they're never on national TV because <laughs> they're never all that good. Tough. Tough. Um, Polly, you wrote about this one uh, last night for the ringer.com. I mean, it for was, you, what was the big takeaway? I mean, it was interesting. Like, the ending was in- enough of a takeaway, even in like that last minute, because they had a five, like, they had a, I think, a 10 point lead with five minutes left, and then it got. And they just kind of like let it up because like if Anthony Davis is not doing almost everything or Drew Holiday, like they just they're so shaky. Like I think I was one play that really stuck out to me was where AD had a floater, right? And he missed the floater. He went and tipped it on the one side, missed it, then went on the other side and tipped it again. And then it finally went in. Then he ran down the court, saved the ball from going out of bounds. And then it ended up like being stolen. And then Dennis Schroeder had an easy layup. So like Mm -hmm. he and he looked like he he had gone literally just court like and then and like you said, you know, he maybe gets up for these national TV games. But it was it's like it sucks because like I was really into the Pelicans like toward the latter half of the season. And I was I thought they were going to be top five team in the West this season. So it really sucks to like watch them and see how much AD has to do and and like you can't help but think about the larger picture is I guess. It the seems problem. like they can never carry momentum 
Yeah, yes. whether it's from last season to this games, season, yeah. right? Exactly. And to that point, their past ten games have all been a loss win in that pattern. So loss win, loss win, loss win, loss win, loss win. So they're, yeah, it's just like they they can't seem to either go forward or really they just bottom out because mostly they have guys like True and AD. To your point, um, I don't know. With me, I, I I've obviously been watching this team closely for a while now. It's just it's such a slog to watch them. You know, they came out in that first game and they blew the doors off of Houston in Houston when we all expected Houston to be the team from last season. And I was just like, man, this is like the first time these games have been exciting. Like they just played with this like nervous energy where they could just run you off the floor and they wanted to like basically do the Drew Holiday point and laugh at you sort of thing from last year's playoffs. And that was like that was their identity. And they finally seemed to have something. But I haven't really seen it since then. Uh, and part of it is just the injuries, once again, are stacking up. But let's think about who's injured, right? Yep. Alfred Payton. Yeah. Etan Moore. Nikola Mirotic. is out. For, and I tried to look up for how much longer he'd be out, and everything was super vague. It was like... Yeah, he has like a... He was one sick. report said he'll be out till he's fully healthy. Yeah, which and is not was like, a good sign. I was like, that's great. Uh, <laughs> I think it's an ankle injury. <laughs> Uh, so probably a couple games at least. Not an encouraging sign. So on the one hand, those are what? Three of their top six, seven guys? Think about what you just said. Those are three of their top six or seven guys. Right. Those people being injured should hurt, yeah. but not that much. That's the Pelicans' problem. But, but think, maybe one that they'll solve soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I think the, the larger point maybe is that even if they get those guys back, like what is their, what are they going to be? Like, you know, it's a little depressing to think about it that way, but like, yeah, I, I, like I like I said, I was high on the team going into the season, but I don't know. Like looking at the West now, I guess it's a little more open because there's not really like a clear cut second best team. Mm-hmm. So maybe if they get, if they get those guys back, and you know, like we're you know we'll talk about like they'll add somebody at the trade deadline. I don't know what their assets are really, but um, you know, then, well, then maybe 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 yeah. the second half takes another positive turn like it did last season. And and that's and that's the whole thing there, just because they have in the past been willing to trade their first round pick. Right. And that has been their big trump card. When nobody wants to trade first round picks, they've been willing to do so. I, I can't remember what the protections were on Miritich, but they pretty much they got a really good deal out of that where they got off of Omar Ashik's contract and they got a player who at this point is like probably their third best player. I wonder if in this market that we're in now, where we see Kyle Corver go for about, I believe, two second rounders. And George Hill gets traded for essentially a second rounder and, and just long term money that the Bucks wanted to give up. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if their advantage there, their, that their boldness that they've used to their advantage over the past couple of years, even with Demarcus Cousins, I wonder if it might not be there this year. Yeah, I wonder who even is out there right now that we could think of that would make an appreciable difference. That's true. I think that a lot of their of being bold has been backed up by the fact that you have Anthony Davis and you have him for right now and you need to win right now with him. And maybe they won't be as bold because they're seeing the writing on the wall that we're all seeing that eventually he's probably not going to want to be there anymore. Yeah, it's tough though because like you have to go all in. Like you have no choice. Like if you were like a bigger market team, then you could play that off as like, okay, I mean – there's like a positive side here, but like they, I mean, you know, like they have to go all in for, for, to keep Davis. They're yeah. in the same situation as the Rockets. Go all in now because this is going to be a mess in a year or two if you aren't winning right now. This is the window. Yeah. And I would be surprised if they didn't try to make a go for it just because I think like 
Yeah, they're probably like slowly looking at the scenario where Davis leaves his offseason as a more realistic thing. But like that's the type of thing where you don't really confront it and accept it until you have to. Just because I also think it's going to be a a tough sell to a fan base that's already kind of like iffy on the team. Uh, Like they're going to have to reboot again, which is, I mean, there's been so many of those since Davis was drafted. I just think like you try to do everything you can to keep him. And if he leaves, he goes. Um, But I don't know. To that point, like, do we see anybody that can really make enough of a difference here? Well, I mean, I think that we're looking right now at the positions that they need to fill because of injuries, right? So there's a couple of point guards on this list. Before we get into that, I also want to point out that we are totally ignoring when we talk about their injuries, the fact that Anthony Davis has had quite a couple scares of late. Like before he had the 41-point game against Boston, he was questionable heading into it because Mm -hmm. the game before he only played 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then last night, didn't he have an injury scare too? He went out and then he came back in, which is... (laughs) <laughs> I got to the point when I was covering the team in that last year that I had a spreadsheet where I used to chart every time he left games and then came back because he didn't have a lot of injuries that year. In fact, I think he played 70 games for the first time in his career, mm-hmm. but he would just go out for like 10 minutes at a time. And then sometimes he would come back, sometimes he didn't. And so those added up because you need all the minutes you can from, right. from Davis. And, and to that point, they're asking Drew and him to play a lot of minutes. This so year. many minutes. They're yeah. both leading the league. Well, it's Davis, right, and then Drew an mm-hmm. average point or average, excuse me, minutes per game. Yeah, Davis with thirty seven, Drew with thirty six points. And yet, even though Davis went out last night, they played him forty minutes. Right. I mean, that's they the have issue. To, right. They have yeah, to. Yeah. I mean, it's his own <laughs> quote: "Is that I need to be almost right. perfect for us to have any yeah. chance to win." It's funny how that keeps coming back. Like that's like the. I one think there's thing because there's so many parts of it for me. Like yeah. Like, first of all, he's saying, I need to be almost perfect, which is basically saying that he realizes what the front office is maybe oblivious to, uh-huh. maybe just doesn't know what to do about yeah. the fact that he cannot have an off stretch and the team will win. Those two cannot happen together. And then also the second half of that quote is that he needs to be almost perfect to have a chance to win. <laughs> yeah. A chance. It's, he's it still not going to be what enough. Happened at the game last night. Like, if Alex Sabrinas made that perfect. three, he like, would he not have been so enough. Good. He had yeah. 44 points. Like, he did Against everything. Boston, he scored 41, yeah. and they still <laughs> lost by 13. And in games right. where he scored 40 or more, I think the season, they're only 3-2. and two. Like You would think if your star player scores 40 points, you probably should win every one of those games. Yeah. I mean, I think the numbers are good when they've had everybody healthy. I think Alfred Payton, regardless of what you want to say to him, I think he just, he gives them enough. Yeah. You know, I think he moves Drew off the ball. And I think Holiday said this to someone. I'm sorry, I forgot uh, which article it was in, but it was basically like, if you want me to basically be the best perimeter defender in the league on one end, you can't ask me to do like everything on offense, Mm -hmm. set everybody up because as good as Davis is, he still needs someone to get him involved. He's still a a big, if only a name only. Um, There's just a lot going on. I think there, I think, that they have something with that starting lineup, but it, it speaks to the general point we're making, which is like it needs to be perfect because after the top four or five guys, like it drops off considerably. The talent is just not there. They've they've punted a lot of draft picks in order to get these Nikola Mirish types. And as a result, you have guys like Frank Jackson who are interesting. It's sad like, because they do have help. a lot yeah. of people who are interesting. Randall, yeah. to me, has been playing really well this yeah. season. Even Peyton, I thought before he got injured, was having... I guess interesting is the word for it. I wanted to watch him and see what he could do in that role. But you can't surround yourself with 
interesting maybe, guys. Yep. and Not, not in a year like this where, you know, like we said. And if Randall plays well, they're going to have to resign him in the offseason because I think believe he had a one-on-one, so he's just going to opt out as Peyton will as well and uh, I believe Nikola Mirchich. So we'll see how it goes. Um, you know what they should do? What's that? <laughs> Sage the locker room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and we'll be back right after this. Thank you, Microsoft Surface, for being a sponsor of the show. Need a device that helps you get stuff done, but is also perfect when you want to catch up on some fun, like streaming live sports or checking on your fantasy team? Check out the latest member of the Microsoft Surface family, the new Surface Pro 6. Just take the keyboard off and use it like a tablet, or snap it back on and use it like a laptop. With up to 13 and a half hours of battery life and the new 8th gen Intel Core processor, it's everything you love about the Surface Pro, now even more powerful. All right, we're back. We're going to talk about some teams that are trending one way or another um, and not talk about DeMontis Sabonis for 20 minutes as much as Haley and, and Paolo want to. <laughs> Next time. Next time, maybe. Yep. Yeah, or, or Vucevic hour. I actually haven't watched Vucevic lately. Is he still playing well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, what was that I scoff? Saw, I saw the Magic are still in the eight seat, so, you know. All right. That, I'm that, so, all right, we're fine. Still, still hanging. <laughs> uh, okay, first team, the Boston Celtics, who are way up. Yeah. Uh, 17 and 10, fifth in the Eastern Conference right now. Seven straight wins, which I believe is the longest streak uh, in the NBA. Uh, last night was a particularly interesting one where they almost dropped one uh, to the Wizards in D.C. And it was it essentially became a duel of Kyrie Irving and John Wall. Yeah, and you're fun. not going to believe this, but Kyrie Irving won that. <laughs> You know, I, I think the like the why they're playing better is pretty obvious. They've yeah. they turned the starting lineup over to the Marcuses, uh, improbably, but and yet here we are. They have Smart and Marcus Morris as two of their five most important players. Uh, it just seems like the team, unfortunately, because of injur- uh, injuries, has almost like figured out its hierarchy. Does that seem well? About it's right? got yeah. injuries, but also like fit earlier in the season. You're going to lean on the two people you know that you can lean on. And it's the Marcuses. Like, right. Marcus Morris has been the most clutch player on their team. He's been surprisingly <laughs> consistent. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's it's interesting to me that, like, they needed uh, sort of this early season wake-up call for Brad Stevens to finally be like, okay, like, I relent. Like, let me not try to do maybe, like— put our five most talented guys out there and let me do more. Like, what's the best lineup for us right now? And, you know, that, that I wonder how that— will shift over the course of the season. That's, That's what I was going to say. Do we think intrigued, that this is about. going to last or do we think he's going to try to reincorporate I've, when health comes back what the yeah. original vision was? I think he'll try to reincorporate Hayward back. Yeah, and, and I, to I that think point, Jalen just makes a lot more sense off the bench. Yes, Horford has been out for two straight. Right. Gordon Hayward has been out for two straight. I believe he's just sick. Um, Gershon Yebiseli, which is a tough name to say. <laughs> I wrote I wrote sick slash soft <laughs> in my rundown. So, you know, depends on how you look at it. No, but I, there's just like too much talent there where you can't. Right? These are just like yeah. these are all of their players. It's, it's almost impossible to not put in a player that's going to almost disrupt the flow of what they have going well, on. Well, because eventually in the playoffs, that's going to bite you. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't incorporated your most talent, obviously. I think it's kind of funny that at the beginning of the season, like, I remember after that, not to talk about opening night games again, but, like, mm-hmm. when they beat the Sixers and, like, Tatum looked amazing, everyone was like, wow, like, is Tatum the, the best player on the Celtics? And, right. and now it's like, okay, like, no. Kyrie's, like, <laughs> taking over, and it's like, okay, this is his team. It's clearly and he's clearly Morris. both, like, on and off the court trying to be that kind of, like, 
leader guy, which I don't know how I feel about. But yeah, but but, but it is his team because he's the most talented player. Yeah, and that's what I thought about when I was watching that game last night. It just seemed like it's a Kyrie team to the point where like the reason why they won that game is he was just jacking and he made that one deep one that they that the Wizards couldn't come back from. Um, I think it's good and bad. And on the one hand, it seems like it makes more sense. But on the other hand, like I don't know who else they're turning to in those situations. Marcus Smart was effectively the the five man yeah. in that crunch time lineup. Tatum kind of comes and goes. Like he's obviously a talented player, but he does seem to kind of disappear at well, he's times. Twenty. I mean, that makes sense. Makes a ton yeah. of sense. Um, and then, then you're just hoping that Marcus Morris is going to drill those kickouts, which like it's working so far. I believe he's having like the best two game stretch of his entire career. But like you know, eventually that's just not going to go the right way. But what about uh, Time Lord though? What about Time Lord, though? I want to ask you guys, did you know that his other nickname is Boo Butt? <laughs> no way. I promise. And listen to this. His Wait. mom gave it to him when he was little. Wow. She was like, forget That's someone some else teasing my kid. Nickname. I'm going to tease the shit out of my kid, and it's going to make him tougher in the long run. And Boo Butt is on his basketball <sighs> reference page. That's great. Wow. I, I don't even know what to say. We're talking about Robert I, Williams. Yeah, Robert the, Williams. The, the, the in rookie case nobody's paid attention. <laughs> in case you don't know him by his nickname, Boo Butt. Uh, my or Time Lord, which is much, much better. Yeah, it's really good. The basketball reference nicknames are some of my favorite things. I, I may have Pretty talked good. about this before because I do it a lot, but my favorite one is Eric Gordon, who is referred to as The Hobbit. Which is like wow. the most savage shit, and that's something I don't think anybody has ever called him ever. But when you say it, <laughs> you know what I mean? did you know LeBron's? Not to get off on a tangent here, was um, it one of one of his like ten on that page is the Little Emperor. What <laughs> the Little Emperor? Yeah, who called him the Little I Emperor? I have no idea. That's not real. <laughs> I'm reading that right now. Bron Bron and the Little Emperor. I, what? Yeah, I've never heard of that in my life. That's what, yeah, that's what I refer to uh, Chris as sometimes, too. <laughs> 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 oh, we should have been shitting on Chris a lot more this whole time. Yeah, I forgot. Ah, there's still <laughs> should 15 we? minutes or so here. Okay, let's move to a team that's down here because we like negativity and shitting on things, uh, apparently. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, 17-10, and 10, fourth in the Western Conference. Same record, mind you, as the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that we thought would struggle the entire year. And at one point I said, wouldn't be as good as the Clippers. So I am not right. Uh, two and four in their past six. The past two have been particularly troubling. They had needed OT to beat the Suns. And without Kawhi, they were blown off their own floor. Uh, I believe it was what? Tuesday? You were there, right? Yeah, I was. It was um, Tuesday. Yes. yes. This is an important point that we get the date down yes, on a podcast Tuesday. that I might not be listening <laughs> right, to. <exactly>. Not, <laughs> no, um, I think... Um, this is all like relative, I feel, because like they started off so strong that like yeah, even their down is you could still call it an up. Um, but I, I think, like that. I like what yeah. you did there. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I think it's, it's like um, an Instagram poem. <laughs> <laughs> a sonnet. <laughs> yeah, a little cat. Uh, the caption. Yeah. With a sunset. Um. <laughs> You do post some sunsets sometimes. I do. You post a a lot of sunsets. (laughs) There's a whole like workplace culture thing at the ringer when like the sky looks nice that everybody is is granted. Gotta appreciate it, you know. Can't take it for granted. Right. That's what I say. Um, Back to the Clippers. (laughs) Did you say that? Yeah. Okay. All right. The Clippers. Paolo, tell us about the Clippers. I think their their defense has fallen off a bit, and I think it's 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 we're seeing. The problems we anticipated, which is like they don't like have a go-to guy that can like bail them out of things. And even if when they did, which was Lou Williams in the fourth, he's injured. So yep. they're just, I don't know, they're just going through a rough patch right now. I don't, I think they're going to be 
I think this was expected. I'd never expect them to be in the top half of the West. I still think they're going to be in the bottom half of the West. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs, though. So, you know, it, it is what it is. They have to play the Spurs today, Thursday, I believe. And then they, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to Tuesday. <laughs> but then they have to play Oklahoma City, too. So it's not great. I mean, the stretch coming up is tough. And then the Blazers, then they see the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Warriors, Kings, Lakers, Spurs, Sixers. I mean, that's just, and then they finally they get the Suns. It's kind of, they're the found money team of the NBA right now, right? Everything is gravy. Like, nobody expected them to even be in the playoffs this season. Uh, they intentionally signed, like, short-term deals and got guys yeah. on one-year deals to open up cast space for next season. So, it, if anything, I think they've the work that they needed to put in this year has already been done because they've mm-hmm. established their culture as, like, something that might be attractive, that they can bring things out of guys. And if I'm a star player, which... I pretty much am. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to try to I'm gonna try to pick this up here. Um, no, but it, I would want to see a franchise bring the most out of guys because if you are a top-heavy team, you need to make the most of some of these fringe, like, It's been a great season signs. for Doc. The, Doc Rivers, I think, your point, yes. I think it's kind of like the Raptors, what we're seeing with the Raptors now, where it's like they have their one star and, like, everybody else is so, like, perfect in the role and, and and can be so effective that the Clippers have that. They're just missing that star, which yeah. goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Even their de facto stars like Tobias Harris, um, Gallinari, I think those guys all fit around a Kawhi or a KD. And I think Tobias is a free agent this summer. And if you have his bird rights, I, I don't, I haven't looked at the math exactly, but like he's a guy, if you can sign two max players, even if it's like a Kemba Walker instead of like a Kevin Durant, it's Kawhi, Kemba and Tobias. It's a pretty good team. Yeah. So I, I would be interested to see that. Uh, moving on to your Indiana Pacers. Uh, they are a team that Love is way Pacers. up right now. 18 and 10, fourth in the Eastern Conference. Six straight wins. They are six and four without Victor Oladipo. Uh, most of that coming against the soft schedule. But Oladipo returned last night, and they pretty much handled the Bucks in a way that I hadn't seen the Bucks being handled pretty much all season. Uh, I, I don't know. know. I'm starting to think they're kind of legit. Yeah, I mean, to, quick aside, I love how everybody's just beating each other. Like, yeah, Raptors beat the Warriors, the Bucks beat the Raptors, but now the Pacers beat the Bucks. It's like a weird, I don't know, it's a, it's fun in the sense that we know nothing about the regular season. <laughs> right, yeah, it seems like the, the Raptors are the only team that's on most nights you expect them to win. Like, they're yeah. pretty much a, a sure W. Yeah, but back to the Pacers, I think we don't really think of them right in that top half of the East, but I think... They're they're just like they just know what they are, which like is a weird thing to say, but also underrated. I feel like in the NBA, where like they know, you know, what their system is. They they they. I think they have the twenty sixth slowest pace in the league, so they're not they're not running all over the court. They're very methodical. They they you know obviously wouldn't they have all the depot pack. They have that kind of star, star power that they need at the end of the close games. And you know, I don't know. I think I think a lot goes for that. Maybe we should be taking them more seriously. I think they're definitely. In the second tier, but there's the first yeah. tier, and it's we can't decide who is the best team in the East. And outside of well, I mean, them, it's the Raptors. Okay, sure, but like you said, these teams keep beating each other. Sure, yeah. If if the Bucks have an amazing night one night, I'm not so sure. So like, but there's the Bucks, the Raptors, put the Celtics in there. Mm-hmm. I had the Sixers in there earlier, but maybe they have to go down yeah. in the second tier. I'm not sure. They're hovering. They have kinks to work out. I think they're on the bubble, but the Pacers are. Absolutely, in that second tier, yeah, a solid team that totally. could They're really do something in the tier, yeah. exactly do something in the playoffs later on. Yeah, and so I think the the more interesting comparison is almost to the 76ers, a team that has way more top end talent at this point. But as we right. saw last night, 
Like it, not I a lot don't. Of depth. Yeah, and not a lot of depth. Like I don't really know what to make of them on a given night. Like on one night, they had a really interesting comeback win uh, over the Pistons, where. Ben Simmons pretty much played like Embiid, like him and Mascala just like stonewalled like four straight shots or something like that. And I'm like, oh, this is like what they can do if they figure it all out. But then Butler's out and it's Embiid and Simmons and all all of a sudden, like there's not the right spacing and they they just can't put it together. So I think there's something to be said to Paolo's point about just consistency and knowing who you are and racking up these wins. I would, I mean, at this point, the Pacers are a more impressive team than Sixers. Well, I think that there's also, this has a lot to do with Miles Turner. Yes. Who I have been low on probably for two seasons. And now all of a sudden, I mean, I think that you noted that he had two 20-point games back-to-back. But it's right. so much more about his defense for me. He's This is the best I've ever seen him play on defense. He looks incredible. And at the end of last season, that was their goal for him. They're telling him, you need to focus more on defense than the other end. Yeah. Also, like, their role players, you know, I was skeptical when they added Doug McDermott this oh. offseason. I thought you were transitioning to Sabonis. No, no I mean, he's been, he's been, I mean, <laughs> Funny so he's been that. sick the f- last few days, but, like, he, I mean, he's been good. But, no, I, I, I wanted to kind of shout out McDermott because, like, I was very skeptical when they signed him. I was like, I don't, I don't know what this guy has left. But he's been, like, he's been giving them, he's been more helpful than, I think, Tyreek Evans, you know? Yeah, Tyreek's been bad again. Yeah. I mean, honestly, not, I think it's not, it's not great, Sorry. but I also believe that he could come along later at the end of the yeah, season, of and then that's yeah. just another thing right. that they have. Yeah, they're just, they're just a strong team that, you know, I think with Depot, they're more, much more fun to watch, but, you know, yeah. they're not exactly known for their aesthetic. And they're they're deep at guard, and I believe Winhorse uh, reported in that yeah. same Clippers story that uh, they could potentially move a, a Collison or um, Corey Joseph, Joseph yeah. because they're high Aaron on Holiday Aaron Holiday. Good, yeah. He when they were in town to play the Lakers, he had he had like a pretty he had some flashes, like you know. And I think they just probably want to get him more minutes. And their teams, I mean, we just talked about the Pelicans needing a ball handler next to Drew Holiday. Yeah. Like that's hey, like they need a Collison court right there. I know. Bring Collison <laughs> back to New Orleans. New Orleans legend. Uh, okay, last team we have here, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, Paolo Getty's. This is really the Paolo Getty all-star. <laughs> they are down. They are really down. Once the top team in the Western Conference, yeah. they're now 15 and 13, ninth in the Western Conference. They were absolutely embarrassed last night against the Grizzlies. They only scored 83 points. CJ McCollum had 40, and somehow the rest of the team <laughs> had 43 uh, they shot the rest of the team also shot 16 for 60 from the floor. Uh, I think the big question here is why did you curse them, Paulo? I don't know what's happened. I honestly don't know. Like, I obviously, one of the, the easiest answer to this is like, oh, right, that second unit that was like helping them out in the first stretch of the season and like winning them games, like Nick Stauskas was like balling. Yeah. Like, now that's no longer the case. And it's like, okay, well, are they. Did they hit a rough patch or is this just who they are and they need to go and make a move or something? I don't know. You know, I don't even know if they can make a move. So it's like, I don't know. It's It sucks because like this is like the Blazers like story for the last few seasons. Like they just mm-hmm. have, they have, they have Damon CJ and then, you know, what else? Obviously Nurkic is the, that kind of third guy, but he hasn't done anything like too much to be able to carry the team through tough, tough games like this one, you know? I don't know. I just, they're confusing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm at Occam's Razor with this team. It's basically like, wow, they're playing above their heads. Like, look at what they're doing early in the season. And it's just like, oh, right, that's Seth Curry. And like, oh, oh yeah, that's Jake Lehman. And like, I think Seth right, Curry is leading Turner. them in three-point percentage. Yeah, but he's been really bad on defense. Uh, their defense in particular has is, is fallen off. I think they're 23rd. Uh, in the past 10 games, which is ironically since Paolo wrote the story. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
hate to see it. It happens to the no. I mean, I, I was convinced too. They looked like a different yeah. team early on. And now, do just, we think that this is a team that would make a trade? I could see it. I mean, I think they're probably going to go back to what they've been saying this whole time and just like if they just keep augmenting their core, it works and then maybe they can dig themselves out of this hole. I think they only need maybe like one or two guys and they'd probably be fine. But I don't know. Um, Just for the sake of entertainment, I'd like them to see the break them up, uh, break up CJ and Dame. Yeah, I don't don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Which is a bummer. At least, you know, I may have jinxed them, but I, I think the things that I wrote about, which is kind of their chemistry and their like continuity and just kind of that that group that they have, mm-hmm. at least makes me encouraged that they'll bounce back from this. Like I think some of those traits help them in a tough search like this, where like they won't turn out to be like the Wizards, for example, when they lose a bunch of games. So I mean, if you want to look at the glass half full, but you know that's that's, that's the thing the though is that forward. this is always the story of the Blazers. They have good stretches, they have bad stretches. They have good stretches. They have bad stretches. And usually it's timed out that their bad stretches come in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So even if they do come out of this, I have no hope that in the postseason anything is going (laughs) to— I mean, I just don't. Because you watch watch the other teams in the Western Conference, even all the teams that played last night, and Mm -hmm. there's just so many more that are exciting and have another gear. And we've already seen their other gear. Who do you think is the best, second-best team in the West? I, that's like a question that's I feel like it's been being talked about. Assuming that the um the Warriors the word, are one. Yeah, yeah, it's the Thunder. The Thunder? Yes. I think it might be the Nuggets. Justin was gonna say the Jazz. <laughs> yeah, no, I wish. God. Jazz. Uh did they they did blow out the uh the heat last night though. No, I mean the Nuggets have been the most impressive. Like they haven't had Millsap and um and Gary Harris in the past two and the bench is kind of uh, acquitted itself. They did lose to Atlanta, but they did beat Memphis at home, and I thought that was a really impressive game for guys like Monty Morris and, and some of their other bench guys. It might be it's the Lakers who are the second best team in the West, but I think it's as a team as a whole, it's the Thunder right now. Your voice defense. just got so high pitched. It was like, the oh, I don't Lakers? think Paulo believes this. And then, like as it went on, it was very clear that you believed it less and less as it came out of your mouth. <laughs> I mean, they have LeBron. I think they have the Lakers are the second best team in the West. No, great impression. Thank uh, you. All right, guys. I think our time here has come to an end. Does anyone want to say anything about Chris Ryan before we go? I was just going to say, I think that he needs to be off of all of these now. Wow. I think I've just kicked him off. He's been annexed from I'm wow. going to um, him. I'm going to Rudy Gobert him. second, you think? I might get two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's it for another episode of Croup Chat. We will see you next time. Basketball is very good. Basketball is very good.